You're listening to The Word of Hope, a radio ministry of Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today is Father's Day, where we remember our fathers, who are a gift from God. They have brought us up in the Word of God, and have kept us safe. If this is not true, then your father is your father, and you are alive because of your father. That, too, is a gift. But we need to remember we have another father, a perfect father, who knit us in our mother's womb. He knows every hair on our head. He knows our every need, and has given us everything, including his only begotten son, Jesus Christ. We thank our perfect father today for our fathers he has given to us on this earth. The confessions give a broader meaning to father, and I think it is important to understand and know this meaning. It gives four types of fathers. Our biological father, who begets us. Our fathers of the house, who run the house and who raised us. Our rulers, who can be considered our fathers, because they protect us from our enemies, or at least they're supposed to. Finally, our spiritual fathers, who are our pastors now, or the men who have taught the word of God to us correctly. These are all our fathers on this earth. In the gospel reading for today, the master of the house can be considered a father, but not only a father, but a good father, a gracious and merciful father, who invites all to come to his banquet that he has prepared. He is a father through the sense of ruler, and even the sense of being the master of the house, and maybe even through the other two ways, but we can decide that later. The master of the feast is God, our heavenly father, who takes care of you in every need. He blesses you with many gifts. In the Psalms we read that he will prepare a banquet for us in the presence of our enemies. Now I am sure everyone here likes a banquet. I know I do, and when we have one, I eat a lot, maybe a little too much. Banquets are big meals with delicious food, such as roast turkey, roasted duck with orange sauce, which is my favorite, roast beef, and prime rib. The side dishes are just as wonderful. Mashed potatoes and gravy, baked potatoes with everything on it, homemade cranberry sauce, peas, sweet potatoes, and anything else you can think of that goes with a banquet. Now to the desserts. Chocolate turtle cheesecake, pumpkin pie, rhubarb cream pie, lemon meringue, apple pie with just a little ice cream are just a small number of desserts you might find at a banquet. I am feeling hungry, and I'm sure most of you are too now. Banquets are not easy to prepare, And that is why most of us have them only a couple times a year, such as Thanksgiving, Christmas, and Easter. They take a lot of time, and if you aren't careful, you might burn the food or make a huge mess, such as spilling the lambs all over the place just after you had put the marshmallows on. This is why we don't like preparing these extravagant meals. We would rather go out to a fancy restaurant, or if we could have our choice, we would go to our friend's or family member's house, and enjoy a banquet of home-cooked food. In our text for today, 
Jesus tells a parable at a house of a ruler of the Pharisees. This parable is about a banquet. Not just a banquet, though, an ironic banquet. Banquets are hard to prepare, but easy to eat. And you will see why it is ironic later. The man of the house invites his guests, and when the banquet is ready, he sends his, out, he sends his servant out saying, Come, for everything is now ready. In our gospel reading from Luke, we read, A man once gave a great banquet and invited many. And at the time for the banquet, he sent his servant to say to those who had been invited, Come, for everything is now ready. The duck is roasted. The orange sauce has been poured on. The baked potatoes are ready to be cut open and decorated with the finest ingredients. Sour cream, cheese, chives, and bacon. The green beans are plump and juicy. The finest of wines have been selected, and the glasses are filled, almost to spilling. The banquet is ready, and the man of the house is ready to have his guests come and share in the meal he has prepared for them. He had spent the whole week getting ready for this banquet. Last month he sent the invitations to his guests, and they all replied that they would be there. He was joyful that he would eat with his guests the meal he had prepared for them. The man of the house sent out his servant to bring the guests for the banquet. He told his servant to say, Come, for everything is now ready. Everything was ready, and it was perfect. The servant wanted to hurry because his master was generous and loving, and he thought he might be able to taste the banquet himself. The servant went and told the guests. He came to the first guest and told him what his master had told him. Come, for everything is now ready. But the guest did not come. The first guest said to him, I have bought a field, and I must go and see it. Please have me excused. The servant moved on and went to the next guest. The servant said to another guest, Come, for everything is now ready. And the guest said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I go to examine them. Please have me excused. The servant did not understand what was happening. These guests all replied to the invitation, and they said they would come. But they all alike began to make excuses. The servant went to another guest and told him what his master had told him to say. Come, for everything is now ready. This guest, too, also gave the servant an excuse. I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. The servant was confused. He went to all the guests, and none of them wanted to come to the banquet prepared for them by his master. The banquet smelt wonderful, but the servant felt awful. His master had been rejected by the very ones who said they would come to his banquet. So the servant came and reported these things to his master. We are all like the guests. We are all thinking that the guests are fools for not going to this banquet that has been, that has been prepared for them. We would be right for thinking that. But there is another thing you need to know. You are the foolish guests. You reject the blessings your Heavenly Father gives you. Let me ask a question. How often do you or I reject God's blessings? Let me answer that question for you. 
You and I reject them all the time. At the beginning of my sermon, I mentioned that this banquet was ironic. And this is why. We are the foolish guests. We would rather rely on our own selfish self-righteousness than accept the free gifts that come from Christ, which is His righteousness. We would rather work in our fields and sweat rather than rest with our Heavenly Father, who blesses us immensely. We are the foolish guests. God first created a perfect world for His creation, a perfect garden filled with the choices of fruits and vegetables, the best grass you could lay on, and the best shade found, in, found under any tree. But His creation refused that banquet. Adam and Eve would rather have a bite from one fruit than have all the other fruit in the garden and be able to eat it with their Creator. Adam and Eve fell and rejected the banquet and the master of the house that day. They rejected God. They sinned against Him and broke the relationship with their Creator. Now you might be thinking, Vicar, that's not my fault. I wasn't there when those two ruined the whole world. And I'd say, you're right. You weren't there. But you sinned today. You sinned yesterday. And you will sin tomorrow. You are sinful. I am sinful. The only thing you or I are good at is rejecting the gifts of God and rejecting God Himself. We are the foolish guests that reject the prepared banquet so we can try and lean on our own hard work that gets us nowhere. How often do we push aside the Bible so we can watch a movie? How often do we do yard work or exercise instead of looking at the Word of God or even going to church and Bible study? How often do we choose family over God, such as going to a baseball or soccer game? We think making it to the game is more important than going to the banquet Christ has prepared for us. We think being healthy or making our house look good is more important than the, God, than the gift God has given us, His only begotten Son. I speak for myself here. I would rather watch a movie than study the Word of God. We all would rather focus on things that aren't God. The ironic thing about what we do and the parable we are reading for today is that all those blessings and gifts we have in our life come from God. The new field, the ten oxen, and the wife are all gifts of God to the guests. This is even more true for us. Your house, your spouse, your kids, your health, your car, your job, all your wealth, and everything else is a gift from God. But we don't realize that. We turn around, take those gifts, and make them more important than the one who gave them to us, God. We make His gifts and blessings our own God. We should rejoice in the gifts we have been given and not worship them. God sends His servant out to remind us about this and that all good things come from God. More importantly, He sends them out so they may preach that Christ has come to save you and me from all our sins. His servants, which today are pastors, tell us that the banquet is ready 
and that we should come now. But we refuse and make excuses about why we would rather stay away from the banquet. We reject what should be the most important thing in our life. We would rather have a bite of one fruit than feast feast on all the fruits in the garden with our God. In our reading for today, we see that there are consequences for rejecting the invitation. If you reject God, He will reject you. Our text for today ends with verse 24. For I tell you, none of those men who were invited shall taste my banquet. Those who reject the banquet will never taste it. They will be judged and damned to hell where there will be no banquet. There will only be weeping and gnashing of teeth. But the parable does not stop there. I've only told you half. After the servant came and reported these things to his master, then the master of the house became angry and said to his servant, Go out quickly to the streets and lanes of the city and bring in the poor and crippled and blind and lame. The master of the house was furious with the guests he had invited to his banquet, but he was not going to let his banquet go to waste. The duck was roasted. The orange sauce has been poured. The baked potatoes were ready to be cut open and decorated with the finest of ingredients. Sour cream, cheese, chives, and bacon. The green beans were plump and juicy. The finest of wines had been selected, and the glasses were filled almost to spilling. If the wretched guests who said they would come and then refused were not going to come, he would invite everyone else. The servant ran out the door with the command of his master running through his head. Go out quickly to the streets and lanes of the city and bring in the poor and crippled and blind and lame. The servant ran down Main Street, inviting everyone he saw, the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. He helped them get to his master's house. He ran down the alleys, inviting all people, the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame, to come to the banquet because everything was ready. Everything had been prepared. When he had run through the whole city, he came back to his Lord. And the servant said, Sir, what you commanded has been done, and still there is room. And the master said to the servant, Go out to the highways and hedges, and compel people to come in, that my house may be filled. The city had been emptied, except for those who had refused to come to the banquet. The poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame were at the house of his master. He, had to, he ran out the main gate and ran along the highways, urgently inviting people to come. He had to push the invitation because these people had not been invited previously, and it was not common to invite people when the banquet was ready. But he, did not, but he did what his master had told him. He invited all he found on the highways and urged them to come to the banquet because all was ready and his master wanted his house filled. The servants ran along the hedges, sticking his head into it, looking for people and inviting them to come to the banquet. He looked under the hedge and over the hedge and through the hedge so he could find everyone, so he could invite them to his master's banquet which had everything prepared for them. 
The parable then ends with the warning about those who refuse the banquet. We are not sure what happens in the rest of the parable. We are left with the servants running over all the land to fill his masters for his banquet. This is also where we are in life. We see pastors, missionaries, and Christians running all over the world, preaching Christ crucified to the whole world so they might be saved and come to the everlasting banquet. They are the servants of Christ, inviting all to come to the banquet, the Lord's Supper, prepared by Christ, our Lord and Savior. This Master has invited the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame, people you and I wouldn't invite to Christmas or Thanksgiving dinner, and we should be thankful for that. We are the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. We are the riffraff found found in the streets and back alleys. We are filthy because of our sin. We are dirty, covered in slime. We smell like something that has been dead for several days. But we are still invited. The master of the house still invites us to come to his house and eat with him the banquet he has prepared. Let us pause and take a step back. This is a lot to understand in this parable. There are two groups in this parable. The guests and the rest of the people. The guests are happy people. They have money and food. They have friends, and they are friends with the master, and were invited to the banquet. They have farms and families, and even one bought ten oxen that still had that new ox smell to them. Those people were the cream of the crop. The second group of people are the rest of the people. The group contained the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. They even had people that were under the bushes, half dead. These people were filthy, maimed, unwanted, wallowing in their own filth and disease. Now that you have this picture, what group would you want to be in? All of you, including myself, would want to be with the guests who were invited. We want to be in the group with the oxen that still have that new ox smell. We want to have a family and be, and be financially wealthy. But that is the wrong answer. In fact, we find out those guests will be cursed and will never be able to taste the banquet. We want to find ourselves with the second group of people, the blind, the poor, the crippled, and the lame. We want to be the ones half dead under the bushes. We want to be the ones who hunger. You can't feed a person who is full. Christ came to feed the hungry. He is the doctor that has come to save those who are sick. The healthy do not need a doctor, and those who are full on self-righteousness will not feed on the righteousness of Christ. When we see how sick and diseased we are, we will know we belong in the second group, and that should bring us great joy. Our Heavenly Father sent His only Son to pull us out of the bushes to save us and feed us so we could become sons, His heirs. You are the ones outside of the city who do not belong, but you are still invited not only to come into the city, but to come in and go to the Lord's house and eat at His table with the Lord Himself. You are the ones hiding under the hedges and hiding on the other sides of hedges, and you are pulled out cleaned off 
brought into the city, brought into the Lord's house, and are invited to the table of the Lord to eat with him. What a gracious master of the house. What a gracious father. Our God does this every day we live. He gives us gifts and blessings every day of our lives. He gives us our fathers that help give us life. He gave us fathers that love and care for us. He gave us the shoes we wear and the cars we drive. He gives us the house that keeps us warm and the food that fills our bellies. He gives us faith so we may believe in him. He shows us love so we might love others. He has served us so we might serve others. He invites us to his table to eat the Lord's Supper. He gave us his son to be a sacrifice so we might be saved from our sinful nature. He gave us his son to be our savior. Jesus Christ is our savior. God is our father who has prepared a banquet and invited us, you and me, and still invites us when we sin and reject. He sends the Holy Spirit to comfort us when we are troubled. He gave us his word so we might live a new life through Christ. He is gracious and merciful. He invited us who are poor, crippled, blind, and lame, and sits us down at his table so we might eat with him and become new creations. He invites us every day, especially every Sunday. Come, for everything is now ready. I began the sermon talking about banquets, but the true and most important banquet is prepared by God. Christ was sacrificed for our sins so we might live eternally with them. He is our host, and he is our banquet. He is the choicest of fruits and the finest of wines. We will never go hungry, and a wine glass will overflow. Every good thing has come from him. He invites us to come and drop everything. At his banquet, he has given us what he has promised and gives us more. Even more than what we had to start with and dropped. He gave you his son, Jesus Christ, to be our savior so you might have eternal life with him. He blesses us here on earth with food, drink, house, and home, and everything our body needs. Our Heavenly Father has prepared a banquet for us. Come, for everything is now ready. God's grace that surpasses all understanding guards your hearts and minds through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. We hope you were blessed by today's Word of Hope. Hope Lutheran Church is located at 1345 Macon Street in Aurora, Colorado. Their weekly schedule is as follows. Sunday morning worship at 915, adult Bible class and youth Sunday school at 1045 a.m. On Tuesday mornings there is a matin service at 830 a.m. with a Bible class to follow at 930 a.m. You can find out more about Hope Lutheran Church at www. 
www.hope-aurora.org. That's www.hope-aurora.org. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you in His grace.